1: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America N.A. Member FDSE.
0: For everything. For everything Indy. For everything Colts. It's the Blue Horseshoe now. Here's your host, George Bremer and Ryan Hickey.
1: And welcome back into the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. Brian Nicky, George Bremer, he with you as we recap the regular season finale. Colts lose 31 or 32-31 to the Texas to fall to 4-12-1 on the year. Make sure you download uh, and subscribe to the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. We've got a lot coming your way. Really, the true season now starts with a very busy offseason. So make sure you're always staying up to date with the latest Blue Horseshoe Pods. we have a lot of content coming your way. Saturday night, George, we saw Texans, Jaguars, in Jacksonville. Fighting for the AFC South crown, Jacksonville. They are the winners. They win the AFC South for 2022 as they take down the, the Titans. And Doug Pearson, in his first year, does uh, deliver an AFC South crown. I'll be honest, for at least the Colts going forward here, I think you can use the Jaguars' inspiration. I think that the Jaguars is actually a good blueprint. As crazy as it sounds. For the Colts, where you see the impact, of getting a competent head coach and obviously it's gonna be, you know, depend on the quarterback as well as as ten uh, as Jackson had that already last year with Trevor Lawrence. But you see the impact of a competent head coach and how much that doesn't impact coaching or impact the team in success. It should be another reason why the Colts should be Jim Harbor boss, because you see the impact of what Doug Peterson is able to do right away.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh it took a while, you know, they they had to get over some humps in the in the first half of the season and that's the way it is. Nothing's going to be easy. No one's going to walk in here in training camp and turn this team around and be a Super Bowl contender that day. Uh but you got to get the guys to buy in, and that's what Doug Peterson did. He he weathered those storms. He got those guys to believe. They finished the year on on a great hot streak and they're the AC South champions now. Uh, and hats off to Jacksonville. Congratulations to Marcel Robinson, our our, our guest a couple times here uh, in, in getting this division title. I'm sure he's having a good time down there now in North Florida and, and looking forward to this playoff game, which is an interesting one, given that that regular season battle between the Jaguars and the chargers, that that's going to be an interesting matchup uh, in Jacksonville. Uh, but, you know, hats off to them and getting it done. But you think about it, you go back to last year and there was a Twitter uh campaign going on to, to dress as clowns to send a message to Shad khan the the owner down there uh, of the jaguars because they didn't like the fact that trent Balky was coming back as the gm and how could he do this and they went out and they got doug peterson and they had an offseason that not a lot of people honestly praised they felt like they overpaid paid a lot of guys but you know what they did they put trevor lawrence in a better situation they got him in a situation where he took steps forward And now is winning the division a great accomplishment this year? I don't know that it is, but it is for Jacksonville. From where they came from both last year and where they were, you know, halfway through this season, it absolutely is a huge accomplishment for them. And if you're sitting here right now, as we are on this pod, uh, without any of the offseason going forward, without knowing who's going to end up with the number overall pick, without knowing how the draft's going to play out, I would take Jacksonville's situation moving forward over any of the the other three teams in this division.
1: Without a doubt. You're 100% right about that. And like you said, it's just they they have by far the brightest future. And they by far right now are the team that I think have overtaken the Titans right now is the team to be in the AFC South. And like you mentioned, I'm glad you brought up the offseason because like I said, they signed Christian Kirk, who's like a solid receiver. But everyone, like you said, was what? Saying they overpaid him. Why the hell would you give him $18 million? That's lunacy. So you look at, two like this team from where they were last year and Colts fans, right, we saw it firsthand with that Week 18 game in Jackson. We said they showed up as clowns. In fact, the the Colts were the actual true clowns uh, in the state in that day. But, like, you look at from where that team went from Week 18 going forward here. They were able to turn around. They got the number one overall pick, and they were able to at least, when you bring in Doug Peterson, make a quick turnaround where they became the first team since the 2013 Chiefs to go from the first overall pick one year, and then, you know, the next year go to the playoffs, and you look at those two, like, the last two teams to do that. Chiefs and the Jaguars. Same thing in common. Head coach change. You had Romeo Cornell, the head coach of the Chiefs in 2012. He gets fired. Andy Reid comes in. Boom. Right away. Playoffs first year. Obviously, Meyer was an abject failure last year. He gets fired. Doug Peterson comes in. It's a quick turnaround. I think I've been saying this for a while, and I know we're talking about a team that literally just lost to the Texans to finish out the season and lost seven games in a row, so it's not like it's this, you know, this is maybe not a popular thing, but I think it's true. I don't think the Colts are that far Like, I think they can actually pull off a similar turnaround as the Jaguars did from last year this year. I think they have, like, I think the biggest issue with this team is coaching. And if you bring in yeah. a guy like Jim Harbaugh, I think he can have the same impact that Doug Pearson has. Obviously, the quarterback is going to be, you know, a big one because they had Trevor Lawrence. So that's kind of already feathering your cap. We'll see. And I don't, I'm not sitting here saying the Colts will be, you know, AFC South champs next season. But you can... It, I don't think this is a team that's going to be in a five-year rebuild that finally figured out in, like, 2027. Like, I think they could turn around faster than you think. And it starts with a head coach hiring that that works, and it should hopefully start with Jim Harbaugh.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the things Zach Moss said down in, in the locker room today was that uh, there's a lot of belief in this locker room from some of these guys because they know that the talent's here. And Paris Campbell said a similar thing, that they feel like the talent on this roster is better – than their results were. So they know, you know, I think you get the right coach in here, who gives them the right confidence, gets them in the right places. Uh, It could turn around quickly. You know, are they AFC South champs? They haven't won it since 2014. So I'm not going to go there just yet, Uh, but absolutely it it could turn around quickly. But again, you've got to nail that head coaching job. You've got to go find your version of Doug Peterson. Uh, And that from a resume standpoint is Jim Harbaugh. So we'll see how that turns out. Uh, We'll see if they're able to go and, and make that kind of a run. The thing that sticks out to me about this team, you know, isn't just the, the as the as the bottom here has been saying for a while, that that everybody else in the division has won the title twice since the Colts last won it. You won four and one in the division this year. I mean, that is a remarkably bad record. And I don't think they've had a winning record since 2020 uh in the division. Cause, you know, they they've been swept by Tennessee. They've had a lot of of issues going on. We know they lose in Jacksonville every year. Uh, but the odd thing is you're 1-4-1. You were 0-1-1 against the last place team in the division. Your one win was against the division champs. It's that kind of year. It's an insane year. And I think, but, but when you look at the gulf between them and the rest of the division right now, I don't know if it's ever been wider in the history of the AFC South. If you look at how long they dominated this division with Peyton Manning and how Andrew Luck kind of kept it going. I don't know if the Colts have ever been in worse Position in relation to their AFC South foes than they are right now.
1: I'm trying. I mean, I don't think you're wrong because, like, well, I'll say this. I guess it depends on how the draft goes. Because if if, mm-hmm. if the Texans Today. get Bryce Young, I would agree. Like, well, you know, that's fair, right? They just went 0-1-1 against Texans. So, like, what am I saying? Like, they can't. They don't get the benefit of, the doubt of beating this team because this is the worst team in the NFL. And you tie to start the season, and you lose them at the end of the year. So it's not like that's fair. I can't get the benefit of the doubt saying they're in a better spot than the Texans. But especially the Texans get Bryce Young. And all of a sudden, that really changes the things and really has you feeling, you know, bad about the Colts going forward here in terms of actually mm-hmm. trying to say compete. Tennessee's gonna be an interesting one to watch because they're kind of stuck in the middle. And if you don't get a quarterback, maybe you start to tear it down. Jack Henry's gonna be in the last year's contract next season, so that's kind of a team that's fringy. But I think you're right. Like we look at this Colts team, just and I feel like, seriously, I feel like you're right in the sense that they are probably the right now the worst team in the division even though record-wise I wouldn't say that, but also at the same time, I also think they're not like, they could turn around next year, like they won't win it, but they could be in in contention.
0: Well, as bad as this year went, they beat the division champs on the field, right down here in front of me uh, on the field earlier this year. So, you know, they're not that far away. Uh, It's just, it was a a storm of of just horrible events this year. Uh, Many of their own self-making that, that kind of led to where they are right now. But I, and it, again, when I say that about in relation to the rest of the division today, as we speak right, right now, Sunday, that might not be the case in April, you know, but it is right now. Uh, and I think that's, that's something they need to admit to themselves. I think that's something in the last couple of off seasons that, that they haven't, you know, they, they've banked on how much talent there is here and how close they are. They've tried that approach. I think it's time for them to look at the rest of the league and say, you know what? Right now, as we speak, without a move being made, we are in maybe the fourth best position of anybody in this division. If I'm Jim Irsay and I'm Chris Ballard, that's the way I'm looking at it right now coming in. That Houston, Jacksonville, Tennessee, at this moment, are in a better spot moving forward than the Colts are. And so what are you going to do to fix that? Part of that's trading up to get the number one overall pick. You know, Part of it's fixing that quarterback spot. Part of it's hiring the right head coach. But I think those things don't happen if you don't get your mind in the right set to begin with, I guess is my point. I think for too long they've been with that idea of we're one guy away, we're one quarterback away, we're one, you know, whatever, receiver, pass rusher, we're one guy away from being the Kansas City Chiefs get that thought out of your mind, it's it's going to take more than that. It's going to be a, a, a more extensive rebuild. As we mentioned, it might not be a longer rebuild, but it's a more extensive reba- rebuild. And I think you've got to approach it that way.
1: I, when you lose to, again, coming into the war, or, or you're 0-1-1 against the worst team in the NFL coming into today, you, you don't really have, like I said, you can't give yourself the benefit I think, oh, we're we're that close. And even though half of their wins, ironically, at two of the four, are against playoff teams in Jacksonville and Kansas City. So that's – I riddle that, how that makes any sense for 2022. Um, But my goodness gracious, that's just – again, you're right. I think in that sense right now today, as you sit here uh, at the conclusion of Week 18, in the – I would argue the worst division in the AFC and one of the worst divisions and weakest divisions in the NFL, you are fourth out of four. Fourth out of four. That's – it's humbling. It's sobering. And I said, hopefully – that desperation um fuels Chris Ballard, he's the GM, to make a move to trade up, fuels Jim Merced to uh, I don't realize whatever he's students is not working and whether it's just making the right head coach hire, maybe it's letting the guys see hires do their job, like whatever it is, you just have to realize whatever we're doing right now, it's not working, and we are in a worse spot today than any other team in the division. And we are in a worse spot today than really at any point since Andrew Luck left. And really any point since I mean You knew in in 2011 they were going to mostly get injured basically halfway through the year, but basically going into 2011, like that's kind of like – it's hard to find a, a worse spot for the Colts really since then.
0: No, absolutely. Uh, And again, like you said then, you were looking at it and you knew you had the number one overall pick. Now you're hopeful. You know, Hey, if this happens and that happens and you make the right move and you're aggressive enough, you can get it. But at that point, it was in your back pocket. You knew it. Uh, And it makes it a different situation. That's why I say that at at this moment, they're in the worst position. Because at this moment, Houston's picking second. And if you're the Texans, I don't know what their quarterback rankings look like. They may be okay with the idea of taking C.J. Stroud. I don't know. That I know this much at number two, they're in a better spot right now than the Colts are even at number five. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I just think the first step of, of fixing a problem is admitting you have a problem. And I'm not sure the Colts have really been willing to go the full distance with that the last few years. You know, it's been not half measures, but it's been everything done with the idea that, hey, we are close. We can get this done right away. And I think it needs to be more this way with the idea of, hey, we're the worst team in the division, and we need to address that.
1: Right, and maybe that sense of urgency like gets action done when it comes to actually getting a quarterback compared to, like I said, the last two or three years where it's, oh, actually, this roster is good enough, so we don't need that game-changer quarterback. We're just going to kind of get an average middle-of-the-road guy, and hopefully the rest of the roster lifts him up. Not the case. Absolutely not the case, like I said, and that's been hammered home all season long with the failed Matt Ryan experiment. Well, we saw Nick Foles do uh, – Play worse, and we saw Sam Langer play even worse than that. So, the quarterback play as showing you, like I said, how far away this roster truly is, and, or at least not this. This quarterback plays at least show that this roster is nowhere near as high as high level and as good as with Chris Ballard and Co. thought coming into this year and even going into last year as well. Thanks for saying. And,
0: and I did too. I mean, I'll, I'll put myself in there. I, I'm the one who was sitting here back in August saying this team's going to win the division. They're going to win the playoff game. You know, I had 100 percent belief in it, but I think now is the time to sit down and take a good, hard look at it. There is a lot of talent in that locker room. There's no question about that. That's true of uh, probably 31 other locker rooms. That's what the NFL is. I mean, that's how you get here because you're an extremely talented player. So, you know, I I, I think there is a point at which you have to to recognize reality, you know, and, and step up and say, look, this situation's maybe worse than we thought it was. And, and and in in the way that you're talking about this offense in particular, I know again the defense you know wasn't able to close out a game, and no one's going to defend the way they played the last three or four weeks of the season, uh, either side of the ball. But as we're looking at. The season as a whole, this offense being, you know, by many measures, the worst offense in the league, the second worst offense in the league, the third worst offense in the league. You know, whatever statistic you want to look at, they're like 29th, 30th, 31st or 32nd in almost everything that matters. Um, situational football was terrible. Third down red zone. Terrible. You know, turnovers, horrible. Thirty four of them. Big horrible. part of today's game was the turnovers, you know. Um I, I think you've got to look at that and say, look, we have an offense that right now is not capable of competing at an NFL level. And what are we going to do to fix that?
1: What are we going to do? I like that, George, that's I think a, a good way to kind of close out. because you're right. They have, you got to look yourself in the mirror. We said we, I was in that boat with you as well. I think like, I, forget what, what record I said. It was either 10 and seven, 11 and six, but again, we picked double digits, win the division, either get, you know, get to playoffs out win the division or even win a playoff game in, Clearly 4, 12, 1 came nowhere closer than that. Like said, it, it requires looking at the roster, evaluating every single person. It requires when you're talking about the number one overall pick, making everybody available. I mean, you know, no one's off limits with of this team when you go, you know, when you have this bad of a season, everything has to be on the table. Jim Mersey said this time last year, what all chips in. I hope we don't have another corny phrase this year, because that really backfired. But at least if there's gonna be some sort of phrase, it's either what are you gonna do about it? Or basically, not a phrase per se, but just more of a mindset of everything is on the table. Every player, every trade possibility, every head coaching candidate—like there's nothing where you could assume, oh, we are good here. We don't need an upgrade here. Like I said, every position at one point of the season has failed. Everything has, has been an embarrassment when you lose and you finish the season on a seven-game losing streak, where the defense is, for the most part, that's been good, has completely fallen apart at the end when the offense is sporadic at best, like at. Best and anytime they get anything going consistently, they find a way to shoot themselves in the foot with turnovers. You gotta put everything on the table, figure it out here. And that's that's gonna be the biggest key to 2023, either being a building block for something positive or spin your wheels. And here we are at this time next year, George talking about basically the same old Colts, not doing anything to fix it, and another offseason filled with questions and, and hope that was totally let out of the balloon and underachieving to say the least. So, how's it feel, George? Now that we we are done talking about actual games. What is the feeling like?
0: I'm excited. I mean, I'll be honest, uh, <laughs> because not not because the season's over, um, but because we've got a lot to talk about, and I think it's going to be a really interesting off season. We talk about the way things came out today, with Chicago having the number one overall pick and having no idea what they're going to do. Maybe they sit and pick. You know, maybe they maybe they think Willie Anderson's a generational guy, and and they're just going to take him, and that's that. You know what I mean? Um, but even if that's the case, it's it's going to impact what happens you know, all in front of the Colts. And I think that uh that to me is what's really interesting. I think for the longest time, we were pretty much working under the assumption that Houston was going to have the number one overall pick, that there would be no way that they would even be interested in talking with the Colts about it. And now it's it's not off the table. And anytime that's the case, I it's first time since 2011, really, where I can sit down and say, hey, they might they might make this move. It's it's reasonable. You know, there, there's every reason to think that they could and, and that they will on it. Granted, we'll get. We've got plenty of time to talk about who the competition will be and and how that will shape out, and how other teams might try to get into this. I'll tell you right now, if I'm Chicago, I'm trading down twice. First, my first call is to Houston, and I'm going to trade to two, and then I'm auctioning off two to whoever wants that one. Uh, but that, you know, it, there's so many ways this could play out. And that's what I'm excited about. I think it, it's now become an off season of infinite possibility.
1: You say excitement, I'll go relief just from the fact that we don't have to watch any more slot football. We don't have to kind of – I want to see more head. of what we just saw. Come on. <laughs> That's true. That's true. At least offensive. My goodness. 31 points. Look out. Look out. An offensive explosion. But at least relief to the fact that you don't have to watch any more bad football, any, any more mind-boggling turnovers or, or awful coaching decisions. And relief that, frankly, when you make the move to at least bench Matt Ryan uh, after week seven when you're 3-3-1, three, three and one, and at least we talk about that game being – Okay, if the Colts are going to be actual playoffs slash division contenders. You're going to go into Tennessee and win the game. If not, you're three Probably say This is not a very good team, and they're not going to make the playoffs. You lose that game, you're three, three, and one. Picking here, bare minimum, or worst case scenario, because think the game's still going on as we're recording this. Worst case scenario, you're sitting there at number five. So okay, fine. Like In terms of getting the best pick possible and positioning yourself the best you possibly can to get that guy to turn your franchise around, I would say mission complete or mission successful so far for the Colts in terms of. They are in a solid position you could ask for with an opportunity, thanks to the, the Bears uh, getting the number one overall pick to, look at being be in the market to make a trade and truly change the future of their franchise. We're talking about this offseason really impacting the next five years of this franchise. If it's if it's good, it'll be obviously going in a good direction. If you if you screw it up, we're talking to the next you know it's going to be a dark days so for the next probably five years or so for the Colts. This is so far I would say I would lean, and I'm an optimist. Maybe I'm a little biased. I lean more towards optimistic feelings coming out of Week 18 in relief that they actually have a chance to get the No. overall pick thanks to the Houston win compared to really any anything else, you know, if things went sideways. You, if you win this game, God forbid, or kind of just go, you know, four and four in, in Jeff Saturdays, eight games, and kind of stuck in the middle of nowhere. So at least they got something successful at the end of the season with a top five pick and a chance. All we're asking for is a chance right now, George, to get Bryce Young. Let's go.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow.
1: <laughs> Maybe. Fingers crossed. This is the one-time fingers crossed. All right. So that will do it for the final post-game pod of the season. Really do appreciate it. Thank you, all of you who have tuned in throughout the year as me and George kicked this off back in August. It's been a blast so far, uh, being with you three times a week throughout this roller coaster of a season. So it's been a lot of ups and downs, mostly downs. But we appreciate you guys sticking through the downs and listening to us here in the Blue Horseshoe pod. But don't worry, we are going nowhere. Like George mentioned, he is excited for the offseason so much because we have so, so, so much to talk about. We will get a lot more these next few weeks here into the head coaching search. Uh, Chris Ballard will be scheduled to speak this week as well so a kind of reaction to what he says. So but again, now if you haven't been doing it before, that's okay. Now's the time. Make sure you download and subscribe to the Blue Horseshoe pod because we will be pumping out content left and right. So it's going to be a busy, exciting, interesting off seasons, we enter into the off-season months that will shape the Colts for the next five years or so. So, George is geared up. I'm geared up. It's going to be a very fun off-season about of that George.
0: Absolutely. Looking forward to it.
1: So, we'll talk to you later on this week. Have a great week, and make sure you download to the Blue Ocean Pod. We'll talk to you later on.